Super Talk Mississippi media production. Specializing in Ford, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Rams. CorinthAutoGroup.com and FordOfCorinth.com, where cars and happy drivers meet. Visit us now in person or online with the experience you deserve. Welcome in. Good morning. Good to see you. A couple of things to talk about today right here on the morning live stream. One of them not good at all. One of them, uh, at least from an entertainment perspective, just awesome. So welcome in. Glad to see you. I am Michael Borky on kind of a muggy and like not warm May day in Mississippi. We don't get these very often, Uh, but man. So some tough news uh, out of Oxford yesterday, and then the NFL Week 1 schedule is released. That's what we're getting into right now. First, real quick, I want to remind you, if you're watching on stream, this does get uploaded in podcast form. Just uh, search Mike in the Morning on iTunes. My name should also turn up results. It used to not. I don't know why. Maybe we fixed it. I I don't know. So uh, subscribe to the podcast if you can find it, and good luck if you can. Um, and leave a rating and a review also on YouTube. Uh, my name right there on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. This gets uploaded there, and come fall, there's going to be more than just the live stream on YouTube. But if that's your preferred method of viewing videos, well, I've got some news for you. I'm on YouTube as well, and then every social media channel. So we got the news yesterday uh, from Old Miss. Their ace, Gunnar Hoagland, um, Going to be a first-round pick, still might be a first-round pick, um, needs Tommy John surgery. It uh, it was the, the worst diagnosis uh, that uh, of, on the, the scale of good news to bad news, this is, uh, this is the worst news. He is out for the season, obviously, getting Tommy John surgery. Now, at least for Hoagland, the... The, the stigma around that surgery is basically gone. I mean, is he probably going to drop at least a little bit in the draft here in a couple of months? Probably so. But guys are coming back from that surgery, I mean, normal and, and then some. I mean, some guys have even come back a, a little bit better uh, after that surgery. So the stigma around Tommy John is not near what it used to be. It's not a career ender. It's not a... Uh, well, hopefully he can come back and pitch at all kind of thing. It's more like it's something that has to be done. He's going to get it done from the best over in Birmingham. And he should, knock on wood, knock on wood for the kid, um, make a full recovery and continue to be uh, a high-level pitcher. And somebody's going to take a chance on him, even with this news, uh, probably in the first round still. So at least that's that's good news. Uh, making the best of a bad situation, Gunnar Hoagland is still go- somebody's going to take a chance on him because the stigma around that injury um, has been taken away. It's just not there anymore. And the the first thought from me and from everybody, most everybody anyway, was that you just you hate it for the kid. I'll get into what it means for Ole Miss and, and expectations and stuff like that here in a second, but. Um, uh, your heart breaks for the kid. 
because even though um, I still think he's going to be a first-round pick, going under the knife, knowing that you are a couple months away from life-altering money, on top of just achieving your childhood dream, like every baseball player wanted to get, if you played baseball, a dream of yours was to go play professional baseball, and he was going to be a first-round pick. Um, So even though the stigma's gone, or at least far less than it used to be, he's still probably going to be a first-round pick. You still, getting surgery on your arm, your elbow, the thing that is has gotten you to this point that will make you money down the road, it's still uneasy. It's still uncomfortable, and um, you hate it for the kid. Uh, because he seems like a good kid. He was having a really good year. He's a good pitcher. And just the the worst, as far as baseball injury goes, the worst thing happened to him. And you are probably going to see a drop in the first round. Um, and that's possibly real money. Um, it's real money. And, and you hate it for him. And um, – Luckily, though, I saw the ESPN mock draft that had him at number eight, still had him going somewhere between 15 and 25. They said he will drop, but that's still first-round territory. That's still life-altering money, just not as much. So, you know, there's a silver lining to every gray cloud, I suppose. And um, knock on wood, he, he will be fine and be able to recover fully. But you just you hate it for him having to deal with this right now, just a couple months away from his life changing forever. But what does this do to Ole Miss? That's the big question, and um, there's two ways to look at it. So in the immediate, I I think this – and the team hits the ball well enough to overcome some pitching issues. It is or was the best offense in the SEC. I'm sure it's still around there. They still hit the baseball very well um, for power and for average, it's a really good hitting team. It's one of, if not the best offense in the sec, but the way the team was playing lately, I do not. And this is just my, my guess, my opinion. I do not think that they are going to be hosting a regional anymore because right now they are apparently according to D one on the outside, looking in from that right now, anyway, with Vanderbilt coming to town this weekend, I'm not confident that they will win this series, especially considering they've lost five of six. And with the the severe lack of depth they have in their bullpen, I don't foresee a deep run in Hoover myself. I could be wrong. The team hits the ball well enough to prove me wrong. But for right now, like just the immediate expectations for this team, I think that they will uh, be a two seed somewhere. But the bigger question is, is what happens when the season ends. Uh, it's a conversation I'd love to have on the radio show, but I don't know if we're going to get there. Um, there's been a lot of fan angst and anger and stuff like that over this team in particular because it kind of felt like for Ole Miss fans that it was deja vu. You know what I mean? It felt like they had seen this song and dance before, a team that was really good at the start of the regular season, uh, losing in predictable ways. At least that's how it was being relayed to me. The Ole Miss fans that I talk to and interact with, they all have that feeling as well. It's just another year of team built up to be really good and loses in some kind of creative way and falls off a cliff somewhere. And that's what they did. They went from number one 
and in four weeks out of a regional host. And now in six weeks, they are again on the outside looking in. They went from number one to being on the outside looking in of a regional host in just a few weeks. And fans are are clamoring in some cases. I think it's premature for change. Um, they're just really bothered right now. But my question is, what would you expect from any team, any team in college baseball, that lose their future top 10 pick, their best pitcher, their Friday night ace, and then their best hitter, their best player, and their team captain in Tim Elko? I know he's still on the team and like he can pinch hit maybe once a game, but they've effectively lost him as a player. How many teams in college baseball would not miss a beat and meet their expectations for the season, taking away their Friday night ace and then their best player in the field? How many teams would meet that expectation? Do it to Vanderbilt. Almost plays Vanderbilt this weekend. Take Kumar Rocker away from Vanderbilt. Are they what they are without him? They're probably better equipped than Ole Miss is in the bullpen because they get to hand out full scholarships to everybody else, unlike the teams here in the state of Mississippi do. Uh, The playing field is very much uneven in college baseball, but Vanderbilt would still be hurting if you take away their best player and Kumar Rocker, their future first-round pick. It would happen at every school in the country. But at the same time, are you confident, even with a healthy Hoagland, that Ole Miss was going to get out of a regional or get out of a super regional and go to Omaha? With the way they were playing right now, is that something that was going to happen or you were confident was going to happen and now the injuries have derailed that thought? Probably not. So now things are going to get really weird uh, around here because I think that you cannot look at what happens, whatever happens. If they win, then, well, that's that's a big-time story and overcoming of some odds. But let's pretend for a second that they get eliminated in a regional as a two-seed somewhere, you know, at – Oregon or wherever they send them. Um, You cannot look at that outcome and not factor in who they were missing. You can't do it. But I'm not confident that the result would have been different with those guys or without those guys, the way they were playing lately. It's going to be weird now with whatever happens. Now, if they win a regional, if they go to a super missing these two guys, then I think that's an accomplishment. And that's the thing. If they don't make it to Omaha this year, but if they get to a Super Regional with what they are now missing and the injuries they've had across the board, I mean, my gosh, it's like every player on that team has been hurt at some point or another. They've just gotten bit by that bug this year. Um, If they find their way to a Super, I would call the season a success considering what they are now missing. I would call that postseason run a success if they are to win a Regional. I think that would be something that you should be you should think positively about. But I don't know if a lot of the fans are going to be willing to accept that. It's a weird situation right now. You've got some fans that want change and nothing will change their mind. You've got some that are willing to wait and see. You've got, there's, when you're at a place for two decades, it does kind of wear thin on people. It's, I had somebody yesterday describe it as Mark Richt at Georgia. Respected person, good coach gets good players, gets players to the pros, was there when stadium expansions happened, 
made the program solid and stable and respectable, but just didn't do that one thing that the fans really want anyway. It's it's going to be a weird situation, regardless of how this offseason goes. Now, I think if they get to a super, then all is good, considering what they're missing. But that's just me. Not everybody's going to agree with that. Um, it's going to be weird. And I don't, I don't know how people are going to handle this, but I do think if you look at what they do this postseason and you do not factor in missing the ace, the future first-round pick, their best pitcher, and also missing their best field position player, although he can pinch hit and hobble to first once a game. Um, I, I think that is um, going about it the wrong way. I think it's going about it the wrong way. So we got a weird few weeks coming up, an interesting few weeks coming up, because if they get bounced in the first round of the regional, I think everybody's going to kind of lose it. But I don't know, it's tough. It is tough. Um, and I, I there was something that I saw in, in a handful of places yesterday that I didn't like. And this is something that I, I hate engaging with because it automatically just slaps a label on me. And once you get that label in this state, you can't escape it. But um, the very few places where I saw um, – people using Hoagland's injury as some kind of like rivalry point scoring, I think is really lame. And and just throwing rocks in glass houses. I saw some of that yesterday and I engaged with it a little bit and I kind of feel stupid for doing so because it never ends well for anyone, including me. And it's just, everything is about scoring rivalry points in the state. It's bizarre. Um, Everybody lives in the glass house. Everybody does in college sports, but especially when it comes to baseball and arm injuries. If no, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Never mind. Changing my mind. I'm not going to engage on it. Uh, just using Gunnar Hoagland's injury to score rivalry points while living in a glass house is um, is really lame. Anyway, JP says the next guy won't be Bianco. No guarantee things stay the way they are after change. They could always end up worse. It's a tough spot. Absolutely. I mean, that's what makes it so difficult is I don't think now they should not be considering this right now. You've got to let the season play out before you even start having those kind of conversations, of course. But with that being said, I don't think you you don't make a change because, well, it could be worse. I don't think that that is a thing that you should do. If it is not good enough, then that's all you need to know. Once you have decided that a ceiling has been reached and that ceiling is not matching the investment into the program, you you have to make that change. Just like if you're in a relationship, if you're dating a girl or a guy, and you know that there is an, there's an end. You have determined there is no future here. He's a nice guy but I'm not going to marry him, cut him loose, move on, because all you're doing is wasting time between that moment you make the decision and ultimately when it comes to pass. Like You're just wasting a bunch of time in there if you do it that way. You are. Um, 
So once you've made that decision, you have to move on. You could have a situation like South Carolina. Look at what happened with South Carolina, although they didn't fire their coach. He became the athletic director. But look at what happened after Ray Tanner left. It got worse. It can be worse. But I don't think you just – I don't think you don't make changes because it could be worse. Because if it could be better, you should do whatever it takes to go get better to make. Especially in a sport like baseball where – I mean, having a couple down years in baseball doesn't kill your athletic budget. It's a far more difficult decision in football, right? Where, I mean, sticking with the old Miss theme, you saw the Matt Luke era and the lack of support it had. Um, that's real money. Millions, tens of millions of dollars that Ole Miss lost because they made a bad hire or the chancellor forced a bad hire onto the school and nobody cared. Baseball, I mean... It's less risky to me. Yes, the fans here care more than any other state, but there's still less risk involved to me. Another one says, they're about to get swept this weekend and not make a super, but the Bianco, quote, problem goes beyond a few injured players. I I hear you. I understand that. Um, I mean, I I would never count on a sweep with Doug Nikhazy pitching, ever. Um, I would never think that they're getting swept by anybody with him on the mound, but that underscores the lack of confidence that at least some fans have in the program. That comment right there. People expect a bad ending, and seven years ago, they didn't get that. Otherwise, though, against Leiter, well, Leiter might not be pitching anyway. He got scratched last weekend, and yeah, right now, Doug Nikhazy is pitching better than Leiter. He may not be a better pitcher than him, like with stuff or whatever, but yeah, he's he's better than him right now. He yeah. Mm-hmm. He is. The the numbers bear that out. So really significant news. And it's kind of crazy, right? We've spent so much time on the radio show and on here, more so on Ole Miss than Mississippi State and State's the team that's actually winning around here lately. Uh it's just They don't have very many storylines besides, well, this guy's good and this guy's playing well and they're doing this. I mean, there's less drama involved in winning sometimes. And so that's, you know, we had somebody texting in the show yesterday. Why are you spending so much time on Ole Miss? It's well, because they're the story right now. They're the story. Mississippi State's not really a story aside from them being really good at the moment. But but drama always sells first. (laughs) Um, um, I don't think so either, but who is better out there? Right now, it's Doug Nikhazy. I I mean, right now, it's Doug Nikhazy. You can have the best stuff in the world, but it doesn't matter if it's not effective. And right now, Lighter's not effective. If that's what you were commenting on. Um, I could have misread that. Either way... um, that's why. So if you're one of those, if you're a state fan watching this and you're wondering why, well, because there's no drama with you right now. There's no controversy. The fans aren't clamoring for, for the coach to be fired. You know, there's not injury news. Everything's good over there right now. Everything, I mean, it's just peachy. They're just cruising right now. They're going to be a national seed playing Missouri this weekend. Missouri's terrible. I mean, State should probably sweep, but if they just get to like they should, they'll continue to be a national seed. I mean, there's there's no drama there. There's nothing to say. I mean, so that's why. Um, it's a very easy answer. It's just because there's no drama there. 
the squeaky wheel gets the grease, as they say. But uh, don't worry. We'll spend a lot of time on state this week as we move forward. It's just with Tommy John surgery and fans clamoring for change and bad decisions on Sunday, you know. None of that really happened in Columbia last weekend. So, anyway. Um, all right, turning the page here. Uh, th- here's the thing about the NFL. And I admire so much about the NFL. They have manufactured two days of news cycle. So they're going to get 48 hours of sports news cycle because of a schedule release. But we already know who's playing who. So this is the third, this will be the three days now of schedule relief. Um, Our schedule release. That will be a full day's worth of news. So months ago, they released who's playing who, just not the date. So you know who the opponents are. You can take your NFL team, mine being the Saints right now, and I know and can tell you who they're playing. I know all 17 games. Oh, JP said that was about coaching. Oh, my bad. Um, I think they could go get Tony Vitello. Maybe he, you know, he's young. He doesn't have the the sustained success, but you can't tell me that with better resources and a lot more money that that guy wouldn't be set up for success. I don't know. I mean, it's a gamble. If you make a change, it is a gamble. It is one, without a doubt. I mean, there's no doubt. But, and they should, they have not made this decision yet, and I don't think that they they will this year even. I don't think that's going to happen, especially now with the injury news. But once you've decided that there, you've hit a ceiling and you're not going past it, you move on. It's what you should do. Because if the results are not matching the investment, you make a change. That's just me. Um, yes, it is a gamble, but it's better than sitting in purgatory if that's what you have decided. I don't think they've decided that yet. I don't think they will after this year. So it's kind of a, I feel like I've wasted time talking about it because it's change is not coming. But anyway, back to the NFL. So I know that who the Saints opponents are going to be all 17 games. I know who they're going to be played against, just not when. So fast forward months later, they have now built the schedule. And last night, They started leaking, but week one games were announced or released either last night or this morning on various different news networks. So they got all of their television partners, NBC, Fox, um, CBS, on their morning shows to release the games that they will have on their networks in week one. So now we'll get an entire day of news cycle out of the week one games. And then tonight, they're releasing the rest of the schedule. So tomorrow, they're going to get an entire day of news cycle out of a schedule release when we already know who the opponents are. The NFL is, I mean, just mentally just brilliant at public relations. They nail it. They know how to dominate news cycles, create news cycles when there's nothing there. It's the middle of May. There's nothing going on right now in sports. Yeah, the NBA season's winding down, but whatever. It's nothing. Until the playoffs start, Nobody really cares right now. Um, 
and their their viewership is dropping pretty significantly anyway, even though I still watch on an almost nightly basis. Um, nothing's going on right now in the middle of May. Major League Baseball is in kind of that limbo season where you know they're playing games, but there's nothing you got to go see in Major League Baseball. There's nothing you got to go see in the NBA. We are in sports limbo, and the NFL has jumped in and created new cycles out of thin air, and it's brilliant. So with that being said, Here's the week one schedule. And I man, I love I love all of the I mean the storylines in week one are incredible. So the season will get started on Thursday night. Dak in the Cowboys going to Tampa Bay to play Tom Brady. Like I'm already locked in. I am so in already on that game with Dak being back from injury. By the way, looking really good. There's some videos out there of him working out. That leg looks healthy and he's back. America's team, the Cowboys, that viewership number is going to be massive going to Tampa in a full Raymond James Stadium to face Tom Brady and the fully intact Super Bowl champion. That is how you start a season right there. I'm so locked in already. That week one game is just awesome. The early window on Sunday. Uh, none of us are going to watch Trevor Lawrence's debut unless you have uh, uh what is it? League Pat? No, that's NBA. What is what is it called in the NFL? I get red zone, so I just I watched that. Um doesn't matter. Either way, this game nobody's gonna watch. Jacksonville at Houston in week one. It'll be Trevor Lawrence versus whoever is not Deshaun Watson in Houston. Uh Pittsburgh's at Buffalo. That's a great week one game. In what should be a full stadium there. All of these should be full, but I would think some places, um, possibly like in California, maybe Detroit, you know, you look at, you know, who's running these states, uh, you may not get full stadiums everywhere. But um, in Buffalo, they expect to have one. In Pittsburgh at Buffalo is just going to be awesome in week one. Um, you get the Sam Darnold revenge game. So Zach Wilson will be at Carolina facing Sam Darnold and the Panthers in week one. That one's got a little juice there. Uh, the Cardinals are at the Titans, which should just be a good football game. Uh, two teams that probably have Super Bowl aspirations. I don't know if Arizona's there yet. I think Tennessee might be pretty close there. Uh, they should have drafted a wide receiver in the first round. I would feel better about them if they had an additional weapon. But still, uh, those should be playoff teams for sure facing off in week one. Uh, another game that nobody's going to watch, the Chargers at the Washington football team. I'll just skip right past that. Um, Joe Burrow returns, hosting Minnesota. Eh. San Francisco's at Detroit. Eh. Philly at Atlanta. That's a big game for both of those teams to start the season. And Seattle at Indianapolis, which should be a really good game as well. So that early window is uh, pretty spectacular. The The late window, though? Cleveland at Kansas City. Yes, please. Because seriously, the people in Cleveland think that's a Super Bowl team, and I don't think they're wrong. What's their weakness on the roster? Where are they bad? Maybe they've got a collection of head cases, but as far as talent, ability, roster, where are they bad? I don't think anywhere. 
I mean, I, I think Cleveland might be a legit Super Bowl contender and will learn in week one as they go to Kansas City. That's a hell of a matchup. And then the other one that will be a national game anyway, the Green Bay Packers in the Superdome facing the Saints. Those two games will be going on at the same time. You got you to gotta double TV it for sure. Go to the bar or something with a, a mass of them because those two games are going to be awesome. Now, the, what's fascinating to me about the Green Bay situation, obviously, is Aaron Rodgers. He's trying to get out. Uh, Ian Rappaport reported yesterday that uh, the Packers made a long-term, like, big guaranteed money contract offer to him, and they're still, like, the, the relationship has been tainted to a point where a big-time contract extension is not received well. So who's going to be the quarterback for the Packers in week one? Apparently, Jordan Love is not ready. He's not ready at all. Um, they brought in a couple of guys, one being Chad Kelly. I joked on Twitter that Chad Kelly's going to get his first NFL start in the Superdome. I don't think that's going to be the case, but could you imagine if it's true, if the reports are true that Jordan Love is not ready, if he's not, if nobody's confident that he can be a starter in the NFL, could you imagine being a Packers fan and watching your team waste a first-round pick on Jordan Love just for that to be the catalyst to force Aaron Rodgers out, and then when Rodgers leaves, you don't even play him in the first game? <sighs> All those... uh I own the Packers license plates because the fans own like a very small percentage. Um, be taken off the back of their uh, their cars up there in Wisconsin, huh? Uh, the other two games in the late window, Denver at New at the Giants, eh. and then uh, Miami at New England, which is another eh. Those two games in the middle, though, Cleveland at Kansas City and Green Bay at the Saints are awesome. And then Sunday night football is Chicago at the Rams. Will we see Justin Fields? I mean, I'm in. I'm I'm interested. And then Matt Stafford. I'm in. And then Baltimore and Vegas on Monday night. That is your week one. That is awesome. JP says, talking about Cleveland, they haven't been there before. That's their collective weakness. Yeah, see, there we go. Um, that's one that I, I won't argue against you on that. They just they haven't done it yet. Um, it seems like Baker Mayfield has matured some, though. Everybody makes fun of Colin Cowherd for for ripping on quarterbacks for certain personality traits, but he was not wrong about Baker Mayfield at all. Everybody on Twitter thinks like what Baker did against Kansas with the whole you know grabbing his junk and acting like that was like so awesome. Like yeah, Baker, yeah. No, that was a sign of immaturity, and. You, you can't act like that and be a professional quarterback. It, it comes with a certain mentality, a certain maturity that he did not have. And so everybody roasted Cowherd because he thought Baker Mayfield was immature. But the second he stopped making headlines, the second he started focusing on football, what happened in Cleveland? They started winning games. Imagine that. He started playing better. Imagine that. Maybe there is, unlike what people will tell you on Twitter, something to quarterbacks having a certain mentality, which is more important maybe than just raw ability. Ask Drew Brees. You think Drew Brees had great raw ability? No. He's 
average height for a regular person, not a football player. He wasn't an average height for a football player. Six foot tall even. I'm taller than Drew Brees. Arm strength was never there. He was accurate, though, but a lot of that comes from right here. That's what changed in Cleveland. On top of, you know, a couple decades worth of first-round picks finally paying off. But I'm in. I am locked in. Week one looks incredible. And uh, we'll get the rest of the schedule tonight, and I'll do some of that tomorrow as well because the NFL knows how to get me and everybody in this business talking about them for two full days in the middle of May. It's pretty pretty amazing. So thank you all for tuning in. Always glad that you are with me. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube channel. Follow me on all the social channels. Check out the radio show this afternoon, and I'll see you guys again tomorrow morning. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.